0: Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Classic Lenses Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today uh, from Niagara Falls on the American side of it is Carl Havens. Hello, Carl. Good morning. Are you checking out barrels for water leaks and things like that?
1: I doing that and I'm not really in the falls, I'm sitting in a house
0: nearby. Oh right, right. I've I, I always had visions of you being on that boat, is it the uh, made <laughs> mist or on, something? I don't need do it
1: I've done that too many times.
0: The point is that uh, Carl is not in Florida and he's still managing to make it onto the podcast, so, that's, uh, so thank you for that dedication. Carl. It's Dedication. Dedication. Um, and we have uh, Johnny in that's johnny sisson johnny sisson in chicago illinois hello johnny hello right well this week um we don't actually have a specific topic we've done some quite big topics over the last few weeks and uh, this this time we're just going to cover a a few small things which is also code for we're going to just wing the whole episode Um, even more than normal Um, but before we uh, delve into that um, we're gonna catch up on the feedback from last week uh, which was all about lens gas so uh, what do
2: you have for us Johnny Okay, so I run through uh, some of the comments making special note of people who uh, purchased a lens as a result of the the lens gas podcast. And there are there are a few in here. Um, I mean, most notably Carl, of course, who we've now learned taking a pause on lens buying. Pro- means approximately eleven hours for Carl Havens. <laughs> oh, you know that's so, really bad, right? I did say that. Yeah, didn't I? you like, did. Yeah, we have that on record. So last evening, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break from lens buying. Next comment. Well, I got this. You know, so eleven hours. That that's how long Carl can hold out. the Eleven
1: hours. <laughs> but it was a good deal, and I'll sell it for more than I paid for it. I, of course, you will,
2: Carl. That's always the cover. I love that one. I, I do. do I know. That's, I just, I, I, it's, it's, it's a great – you've, like, figured out exactly how you can get away with spending this money so Pam doesn't kill you. It's amazing. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jimmy had some really choice comments as usual <laughs> for us. Um, I, I, I didn't have enough time to prepare this, but I want to do a weekly feature called uh, Jimmy D um, – Podcast comment poetry, where I'm just going to take lines from all his comments and make a poem. So I'll work on that maybe for next time because um, he's got some he's got some really great lines. But but basically, uh, Jimmy, you know, tried to sort of sum everything up uh, and said we're stupid for just doing an episode about getting rid of gas because it's not possible. And um, he said that you know, uh, Amon's observation that psychiatric help is the only true way to uh to make that happen is true i believe we are going to have someone on from the psychiatric profession in the future to talk about this very seriously right gentlemen didn't we discuss that maybe we, i just made that up
0: um, no no Funny enough we, we we did talk about it but we, ha- we haven't actually found that person yet so um who, who knows but hopefully <laughs> so if anyone
2: happen, knows a psychiatrist that specializes in photography uh please send us an email at classic lenses podcast at gmail.com Come on! Don't I get no clapping?
1: No, no, it's great. But we need we need a psychiatrist to people who who have that innate um, passion for buying too many of something, and then um, and then yes. there's there's a sociological thing of social norming of people who join this group that don't really have it, but then they feel like they've got to keep up with everybody else. Right. Right. And. Um, and that leads to the problem.
0: That was yeah. that was one thing I noticed because I, I, I did a little bit of research on it. And I think it was – I didn't do much on it. It was around about five minutes, if that. But uh, <laughs> when you type in gear acquisition syndrome, the the, the, the first results that I was getting were uh, people buying guitars and mu- musical items. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's something that, that goes across
2: many, many hobby
0: yeah. areas, I guess.
2: So we sure. really – Probably could do a serious episode on that and probably find like a helpline or something to give people. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hotline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: I almost, <laughs> I almost feel like I'm going off the subject now, okay. <laughs> off the idea. But there you go.
2: So, uh, Jimmy, number two note about uh, gas episode Phil's comment about being unemployed since 2015. So, psychiatric help and unemployment are the only two. Uh, solutions apparently for gear acquisition syndrome which may be true we'll find out in a future episode um actually actually john are you going to talk about the comment that you made because
0: it was one of the most curious oddest (laughs) posts i think i've ever seen you do um you you put a list up there of um of lenses which are gas killers yeah. And right. then, and then okay, have, should
2: I, you want me to explain that? Yeah, or? well, I'm, I'm,
0: you know, I think a few of us commented on it, and I don't think any of us were, not, I think we knew were what not the hell was by the say? time of it. Yeah, it was a case yeah. of, so uh, yeah, okay. so,
2: yeah gas, well, gas killers and gas causes okay and and I I, I I was thinking if that myself i will i will admit that when i post that i'm like this, this is this going to make any sense to anybody but me which is i spent most of my life thinking about that question um uh but so essentially what i did is i you know i not like we had time during the podcast to go through a, every single lens so i i basically um put a a list of lenses that i own um that i would call gas killers which are lenses that make me not want to buy other lenses and then gas causers which are basically just lenses I want so in other words lenses that I own that made me say well I can check that one off I don't need another lens that does this or that right and then lenses that I'm like wow I'd really like to have that lens now I will I should also say my gas causers they're lenses I would like to have it doesn't mean they're lenses that I'm actively trying to acquire and actually there's probably about 25 lenses on that list here on uh, gas causer the various mounts and i'm not actually actively seeking any of them if one kind of were to come my way really cheap i'd probably get it but i'm not i'm not really actively shopping for them um but my gas ca- my 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 gas killers i mean i just tried to go you know by focal length and by mount so i have you know a bunch of lenses for you know ltm lenses I've got some SLR lenses. I've got some other things on there. So, so I guess my thought was, hey, you know, let's say I'm looking for a 35 millimeter lens for, you know, it, like a thread mount. You know, what lens would I end up getting? And I, I, after doing a lot of research and getting a couple lenses, I found the one that really works for me, which is the 35mm F2 Canon LTM. And I, it's like, all right, I could get another 35 millimeter rangefinder lens, for for flavor sake right for just like a different rendering i guess but i don't really need another lens in that focal length because i have one that really makes me think "Eh, yeah there's not another there's no reason for me to get another lens of that focal length so that was kind of my idea and i you know the lenses i listed are lenses that i own um in the in those focal lengths and also multiple apertures because you know Maybe you need a fifty-one point four and a fifty-one point eight. So, which one point four or which one point eight would you get? Um, it's strikes- which is a little a little bit absurd. Yeah, yeah, that's well, it, I think,
0: yeah. well, it's it strikes me that the the, the the list that you have, it seems that if you want to, you know, if you know, talk about fifty millimeter one point fours, and you've got the the Canon LTM, you've got uh, uh, a minority one on there. Yep. Um, and and there aren't any others, I don't think, off top top of my head there. Mm-hmm. But I just I just can't help get the feeling that if there wasn't if, if something else popped along, um the other ones that are gas killers would still remain, but you would just insert another section to say it's now a gas causer, uh, because it's just slightly
2: different. <laughs> well, and funny you should say that, because I did that right below my gas killers. So I have my, my rangefinder LTM gas causers, which, you know, so I have in my gas killers I have one, two, three, four, fifty 50 millimeter lenses i will have you note they all have different maximum apertures so i have a 51.2 canon ltm 51.8 canon ltm 51.4 canon ltm and 50 f2 Nikkor s all in screw mount so it, you know different different maximum apertures and about all the same focal length but then you know further down the list i I have on uh, my gas causers, I have a fifty-one point five Zeiss sonar. Now I don't have, I don't have a one point five sonar in that mount. So you could say it's a gap to be filled. But I've also kind of determined I don't ne- necessarily think I need that lens in LTM because I have it in a different mount, and I'm fine with that. Um, but there is another lens on that list. There's a the fifty millimeter f two top core, which. Um, I'm interested in, and when I, I recently got the 50 F2 Nikkor S, I thought about getting the top core, but the Nikkor is a sonar, and the top core is basically a double Gauss. So I, I was thinking about what I really needed in that um, in 50 millimeter, and I don't really need uh, a sonar, or I'm sorry, a, a double goss, because I've got that covered at 51.8. So my thought was, well... If I'm going to get another 50 millimeter lens, it's going to be an f2 sonar because I don't actually have that in 50 millimeters. So, so are what, you? Yeah. Well, you, you can just you just go around in circles. It does sound like. <laughs> yeah, that. basically.
0: Yeah, but I I note that the I can't see a single Tessar on there. So, what, what, what? Why is that?
2: Uh, who needs a Tessar? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. true Simon this is true now if I was if I if I had extended this list to say four by five yeah you know view camera I would have definitely have like a 300 a 300 millimeter Tessar on there but I don't particularly feel like if I have you know a 51.8 that I really need a 52.8 Tessar in any mount you know I mean I have point and shoot cameras that have that lens and that's kind of more than enough that there's just other lenses that do more more for me i guess than a tessar is going to do on 35 millimeter so there i've just i've just i've just after how many years have we been debating this simon i've just completely capitulated (laughs) to the simon Forster uh tessar lens uh hate hatred and and admitted they're completely worthless on Thirty-five millimeter format. Congratulations, Simon! Episode thirty. You are the you are the winner. Vindicated. (laughs) I, I, you guys are going to play that whole section back to me when you come visit me in the, in the padded room with the straight jacket on, and going to be like, we knew Johnny was losing it when he started going in circles about lens, (laughs) gas killers and gas causers.
1: No, we already knew. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. You just wanted proof. You just wanted to get it on tape. So, so what else? What else have we got from last week? Uh, we have, uh, let's see. We also have um, uh, Steve Pardell said. Uh, oh, oh, I know. I was going to mention about Steve Pardell. He posted um, the whole ring of fire flare thing came yeah. up during yeah. the podcast, and he posted a really nice image with that ring of fire flare. Um, yeah. I'm not. sure Do you guys recall what lens he used? I don't know that he mentioned it. I he. I know he did somewhere. I just didn't see it.
1: I don't know that he said the lens we were talking about was a pancolor fifty one point
2: four. Yeah, that's that must be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get really nice ring of fire from the forty millimeter pen lens. Like really, really Yeah, nice. I can do that too, yes. Yeah, it's really good for that. So anyway, he posted that, which was nice. Um our our good buddy Eric Kass said uh, as for gas stoppers, I think they are the as for gas stoppers, I think the real Affected are doomed till the end because there are they are after all a new beginning for a search so in other words you know part of the reason i posted my big list of all the gas causers and gas killers was to give people things to you know go look for and i think that's what eric kind of means is that every time you learn about a new lens now you you you're starting a new search for that lens which i think is a lot of truth to that yep uh let's see um Steve Newall, which he does as N-E-W Space A-L-L. Um, Facebook pseudonym there, I'm thinking. Uh, it says he got got off the podcast uh to <laughs> all I got out of the podcast was to order a, a Pancalar F250 from KEH, only 62 bucks, so just a mild fever. So Steve, Steve went and bought a lens based on the podcast. So congratulations, Steve. Um let's see Jason Elias oh yeah this is a good one he uh, he mentioned uh try Elmar um, uh, and he he mentioned what did he say about that uh, poor man's compromise starts a cycle again I think I think he was basically saying that 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 combo just makes you want to buy the individual lenses which that would totally be my take as well <laughs> on the 283550 Tri Elmar. Um, and then actually, Christopher J. May also had a bit of comment about the whole uh, Tri Elmar um, uh, and the difference between, because I kind of immediately assumed the wide angle, because who would want a Tri Elmar 283550 all at a four? Yeah. I don't get it, but i i, I mean so the tri lmar the wide angle lens I, I, that's why I immediately thought that because I don't know why anybody would want anyway i don't I don't get it, but he he sort of he posted some links to um both versions of the tri elmar because there are in fact two lenses of that variety that cover different focal lengths um, another one good comment came from Christopher may uh talking about now here's here's a lens that uh, if you don't know about it is gonna get the gas going um, is the 43 millimeter f 1.9 pentax l in like a LTM which is indeed a a very pricey and rare lens they only made that one for I think it was like a limited run they made it um <laughs> timmy timmy uh, gaslander say listen to the pod, pod he says he listened to the uh, episode In the car, on the way to buy more lenses. Well done. Excellent. Uh, And then Rakesh Nar said, um, I haven't looked for any lenses yet, but heard the best phrase ever, and I'm about to order this T-shirt. And he posted a photo of his design for the Rabid Acquisition Monkey T-shirt, which if you haven't seen that, I think he should, honestly, he should legitimately start selling those because he'd probably sell a bajillion of them. And we could put, like, the photography... Or we could put, like, the podcast logo on there or something with it. That that could be, like, the official thing. But then we'd have to give uh, royalties over to Jeremy, wouldn't we? Because well, he actually well, coined the phrase, right? It, it,
0: yeah. Yeah. I was... I was just thinking there, Um I thought you. Were, I thought you, when you talk about royalties, there I thought you were talking about the photograph actually, rather than the uh, the, the phrase. So, uh,
2: oh, well, so where did the photograph
0: come from? I thought that was just no, like some sort no, of no, no, no. That that came from Rakesh. Rakesh put uh, oh, he... that photograph out, and uh, it, but was... did he
2: just find that photo somewhere? I'm it, it did, it looks yeah. Like, yeah? Mean,
0: I mean, I I, I love that so much. I went out to try and find it myself and made it my profile <laughs> picture. Um,
2: <laughs> so you found it too? Because it looks like an old sixties. Yeah, photo of, yeah, you it,
0: know. It, it is, and um, and it, as far as I could tell, it it's uh, it looks like it's royalty free as well. As was, uh, oh. f- from what I, from what I could see, at least the photograph appeared to be royalty free. So, so
2: we really should be making T shirts with that. Yeah, yeah, is, that, that, that phrase original t- and photo, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: the original T shirt you'll never find. It's very rare. There are only three made. <laughs>
0: Oh man! And, and, and that, I think there's there's a, a very small proportion of our listeners who are going to have any idea what you're referring to. There, Cole, well, and,
2: uh, yeah, you're going to have to get. Yeah. Well, you know okay. what? We might have to make. We might have to put the photo, the rabbit acquisition monkey thing. We might have to use that in the cover this week, so people know what the hell we're talking about.
0: Yeah. No. I, um, no. I think it's 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 Cole's uh, three okay. three lenses made uh, comment, um, th- which is yeah. referring to a. Uh, <laughs> A post on uh, the oh. like, like yesterday, which, oh, yeah. uh, which which went bad. Um, but the uh, the yeah. actual uh, most of the things that uh, went bad are, are no longer there, so nobody can find them. So it's uh, but we're moving on. We're not going to dwell. Okay. On that okay, okay,
2: okay, all right, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, and then Nigel Cliff. I want to end. Let's end with uh, Ni- Nigel Cliff because I think he he kind of sums brings it all back to Jimmy's original comment that there is no cure. Um, he said, I was fine until the comment about gap filling. I have 12 millimeters, 17, 19, 24, 28, 35, 50, 55, 58, 100, 135 and 200. And I'm thinking, what about 80 and 90 or 150 and 180? So there you go. We're all screwed. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway from the gas episode, folks. I was,
0: I was going to say, I did give Nigel some advice on that. Um Ooh. on his on this gap filling there. Um, oh did you? I did, yeah. Um because That's uh I, I, I mean I, I said there I, I see a chronic lack of lenses there. Um and uh, he needs a Soviet 52, a Konica 57, a Biotar 58. Oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. very short on 80 to 90 millimeter lenses. Uh, he could do with a couple of 105 millimeter lenses. And at the time when he first posted it, um, he uh, he just said 150 millimeter and, and yeah. as opposed to 100, 150, 180. But uh, he added the 180. And while I was typing, uh, was yeah. uh, as soon as I saw that I had to get onto that immediately
2: uh, to to help him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see that now. And and actually, the lens I just mentioned by Christopher May's comment, the forty-three yes. millimeter one point, it was the final comment in that run there. Right. So yeah, good good stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for comments, everyone. Um, man, we that's actually you know that was a big. I mean, we we top lined them, but there were like just if you look at comment count, there were eighty-one comments on this yeah. episode, which I think is a more on the larger side of comments that we usually get for an episode. So very interesting. Yeah. Before we move on to other things, we
0: we were chatting earlier um, about an observation that you made when you were just uh, looking through uh, uh, the the page for for your feedback
2: section. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, i just, you know, I try to, in my, my three to five minutes of research I do before each episode, I, you know, I look at the comments from the last episode and just kind of scroll through and see if anything, you know, just sort of jumps out and what things have been notable from the the past, you know, week or so in the group. And I did notice, and I mean, you know, this is, um, we, I guess we're going back to psychology that we talked about earlier. You know, we tend to find the things we want to find, I guess, or see the things we want to see. Um, and what I noticed was there were a number of really interesting photos in the group in the past, really just 24 hours, uh, that were all uh, film photos um by different photographers a lot of them were sort of portrait ish type of shots uh fairly large aperture um with you know a, a close-up on a subject bokeh background and they're all shot on film and they have at least to my eyes as i'm scrolling through they really jump out mm-hmm. um within the the Comments on the on photography with classic lenses. So I just thought if 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 others maybe hadn't noticed it or their eyes are not seeing the difference between maybe some film shots and some digital shots, I'd I'd like to just kind of point out a few here that you might want to, you know, use the search function where you can search, you know, search this group, which I think is on the what the left hand side of the screen in Facebook, and you 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 should be able to find these right away. So uh, Cheyenne Morrison had. Let's see one, two, three, recent posts that he made with um, uh, photos with different lenses. One is one is Naomi at the waterfall, which he shot with a uh, uh, Carl Zeiss Biotar, so a 58 f2, and shot on a Contax D. So he's going original, old school um, lens and camera from about 1954 that he he shot on Agfa CT. Um, and has really nice character, so I would I would look for that one. Uh, he also has another of um, it, I probably shot I'm guessing the same, you know, session roll of film of his daughter um, uh, with a Zeiss Icon uh, Symbolica camera. So no, I guess different two different cameras. Um, so but the same lens. So. Check, check that out. Oh, I'm sorry. His daughter is holding that camera. Yeah. The shot is with the same biotar on Contax D. So I would say check both those out. And then he has another set of shots with the same biotar that he did of um, some cosplay folks um, that he shot as Minolta X700. So th- there's three examples there of photos on um, two different film stocks that are. I, I, I would, to my eyes, have a very different look than a lot of the other shots on the page. Um, and then Brian Grossman, he uh, posted a shot with his Canon FL58 1.2, um, which is also a, a, I believe that one's a black and white uh, portrait that has a really tremendous look to it. Um, and then two more. We have Sergio. Actually, uh, if,
0: we, just, just, yeah. if we can just stay on the, uh, the Brian sure. Grossman shot there. Uh, yeah uh great photo um and it's it, it, it's in, it's interesting in particular uh to me after uh the episode we did two weeks ago on super mm-hmm. fast lenses um where i certainly gave the canon fl 58 1.2 a pretty hard time um yeah. and there wasn't really much love for it um yet you look at this photograph and it looks great um, yep. so I mean yep, yep. you've mentioned it a few times about the difference between the original uh, well what the lenses were designed to perform with in this case was obviously a, yeah. a film lens as are most of the lenses that we use um, right. and yeah I'm it, it just for me that lens just doesn't work very well on on, on digital but I'm looking mm-hmm. at this and if that was the, my lens and I was using it on an old Canon I'd be very very happy with that result I wouldn't be complaining at all
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and I wasn't sure if I remembered correctly that that was the lens that you had, you know, given such a hard time, but I'm glad you brought that up, Mm -hmm. Simon. And, and yeah, because it does, I I think you're, but I think you're right. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, it, and it's not even to say it's a bad thing. It's just, it renders so much differently on film, which is really what it was designed to do than on digital. And, and, and I, and that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, it has a really great character. So I, I would check that shot out. It, it has lots and lots of beautiful grainy film uh grain beautiful grainy mush, I would call I I call it. Um so so check that one out. It's a really nice shot. Um, and just a couple of others. Um Sergio Ayuso, it's is Sir uh S-E-R-G-I-O A-Y-U-S-O. So so, check that one out. It has a nice shot of uh, with a Helios 44 on film, which is not how we, I think, we're used to seeing the Helios 44 these days. We usually see it adapted. Um, so, to see what that lens does on its, let's call it its native format. Um, and then there's another that I, I thought was interesting was by Mario, and the last name is P I G O Z Z uh, O Piguzo. Um, he had a shot of uh sonar 135 on agfa chrome 50 which is so there you've got um and a contarex no less so there you've got a really classic camera and lens setup on uh very high resolution uh slide film so i that one i think is very interesting as well but it all of these i think retain a character that looks very different than a lot of the the digital um bokeh shots with similar lenses in some cases and again that's not a a better or worse thing it's just it's i think they look notably different and i i think once you start maybe seeing the difference it's hard to unsee it um so that's that's my observation i thought you know others might find it interesting or something no i I think it's 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 really
0: encouraging and i think it's i think it's one of one of those things those those plenty of people that Um, or digital shooters and then Mm -hmm. they get into using old lenses and then (laughs) I don't know if it's a case of once they they can't fit any more lenses in their cupboard or on their shelves (laughs) or something like that Um, perhaps I don't know if they just start to look at cameras or not but um, I think there's there's, there's something to be said that you know just as objects uh, old cameras are just really interesting things yeah. and uh, and I think those yeah. of us that like shooting with old lenses like the the mechanical feel to them as much as the you know and just the, and the experience of just using them, and the same can apply with old cameras as well. I've got to say there are some cameras that are just absolutely awful to use. Um, yeah, and right. uh, so
2: it, it yeah, it it's kind of certainly... like those uh, those Fujinon M forty two cameras. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna pay for that comment soon.
0: Yes. <laughs> Well, more more on that at the end of the show, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh...
2: And I, 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 we also we just, I mean, to just kind of pile on what Simon just said. I mean, we kind of mention it in the prep for the show. Is that? So I'm just looking at the the member count for photography with classic lenses, which is now at eight thousand six hundred and eighty. Um, and I, I, it seems to me that as the group grows larger, I mean, we do you know it's just a numbers game or whatever but i feel like we're seeing more shots on film in in the in the group photo you know in the the posts and everything and i think that's just because we have you know a larger audience so you're going to get by default more people using more types of cameras and i it but i i feel like we're seeing more of that and i i feel like the look is just so different that it's it's really notable in the in the group you know I, I actually group think out.
0: that's I actually think that's something that the, the podcast has helped with that as well because I think yeah, a lot maybe of people huh? have um that are analog shooters uh, listen mm-hmm. to the podcast and uh, have come across and uh join joined the group as well.
2: Yeah, not that any of us on this group are, you know are are film propagandists or anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Right.
0: Shall we, um, shall we, we move on then? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks for that, uh, Johnny. Um, yeah. Sure. And we're going to move over to, to Carl now because uh, talking of film, um, you've been uh, having some experiences with a, with a camera that's on loan to you. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sir. So I'm on holiday up here in Niagara Falls. My sister got married and I, um, When my brother heard that we were coming up, he said, I'd really like to shoot that Leica 3A camera that I have. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll I'll bring it along with a lens on it. And they said, "Um, and when you have it, maybe I can borrow your Weitlander Bessa R4M, which he had gotten in January. And so we swapped cameras. And um, it was a total screw-up for me early on. Well, first of all, I love the camera. I I think it's fantastic. And Johnny, (coughs) we were talking earlier about this. About metal and plastic. I mean, this is a solid camera. The top, the whole top part is metal. The bottom plate well, is metal. It um, looks like it's metal. Sorry. The door is, it looks like it's metal? Yeah. I don't know. It's That's a pretty good imitation it. then. Okay. It feels good in my hands. I like the weight. And so it's a BESA, and it has a knocked on 40 millimeter f1.4 Voigtlander lens on it. And um, super easy to load compared to loading that old Leica camera, super easy to shoot compared to the old Leica camera, has a nice LED metering in it. And um, and I screwed up two rolls of film by being an idiot um, with an easy to use camera. So um, let's say I started off, well, loaded it up easily, um, went out and was uh, shooting the first roll of film. And um, about partway through, I thought, well, I'm carrying it in and out of the car i need to put the lens cap on because i don't want anything to happen to that lens and then i got to a really cool place with some sailboats and shot about six images with the lens cap on the <laughs> and, and i didn't notice it and you know at the time i was thinking wow oh, this is great you know the lights ex- just the same here as it was at the last place because every shot is right on you know the, 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 the if you have the ca- so if you have the cap on it doesn't warn you the metering shows you that that is perfect Instead of so, instead of saying there's something wrong, you didn't you didn't, so, you didn't do any compensation
0: while you had the while they had the cap <laughs> on you just for backlighting <laughs> situations as well.
1: So then I realized that I went back there again, and um, so that was a that was quite a that was quite a few shots. And the ones I shot earlier in the day were of things where I was just trying to get the feel for the camera. And they weren't exciting things, and so I decided I'm not even going to spend money to develop that role. and I'm giving it to my brother, and he'll he can develop it out and um, and see if yeah. there's any I've, keepers in there. <laughs>
2: That's called an Eric Clapton photo. Yeah, you're right. Right. So that's uh, a really yeah, there's a really famous picture of him on the internet. Just not to interrupt, but uh, uh, him shooting an M, a, like an M with a lens cap on. So I, right. so I, like to th- I like to think he did a whole book, and it's just black.
1: Of right. So that was my roll of um, Cosmo photo film that I brought along with me, ruined or not ruined, but maybe there's two photos in there that are good. And then I put a roll of this um, JCH Street Pan 400 black and white in that my brother said try this out and um uh, what happened with that got part way through Cole, and Cole,
0: do you know do you know what jch stands for
1: Yeah, it's, it's i know it i know what it stands for yeah it's it's it's, it's japan camera hunter yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh-huh. good. I was just, yeah just 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 checking that, wait, you know? just <laughs> yeah, establishing
2: yeah. the fact that carl only shoots hipster film
1: right <laughs> right yeah yeah right all <laughs> yeah, right um and made in belgium <laughs> and uh so um I put a second roll in, and I got probably halfway through it, and uh, I I couldn't see the metering. So on this camera, the only thing only thing that I don't like about this camera is, and it's and this might be just me, um, so to see that there's LED metering in it, and you push the shutter release halfway down, and uh, you'll see if it's perfect uh, a red circle at the at the bottom of the of the view. Um, or, or you'll see a plus or a minus number and then you just change the aperture of the shutter speed to get it, um, to where you want it to be. And I, I was, I was trying to shoot them a half stop overexposed, even though Johnny said they didn't need to do that on this camera. But, um, so I got to a certain point and I couldn't see the freaking metering thing. So you got to look at just the right angle to see that. I mean, if your eyes off to the left or right with me anyway, I can't see the LEDs and, um, and I hadn't realized it until then that that was the case, and uh, I thought the battery was dead. So then um, I thought, well, I'll just guess, and I'll just bracket a couple of shots, and I did that, and uh, and then the third one, it's I couldn't cock the the the, the I couldn't cock the camera. And then I looked down, and I and and I had inadvertently popped up the rewind tab on the rewind dial, and it was stuck against the body of the camera, and so then. In order to get that right, I had to. There's a little lever that you have to flip in order to pull that rewind thing up. And when I flipped that, I heard this noise inside of the camera, and I have no idea what happened. And I just said, oh, "Screw this," you know. So, and that's it. so that's another roll of film that's sitting here waiting for my brother um, to take back. But the good news is, yesterday I took it out and I shot two rolls of really cool. Street photos—one in Buffalo, one in some industrial sites here in Niagara Falls—and I think those are going to be fine. That's my story with doing dumbass things.
0: Well, just, just now, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, just just been uh, talking about rangefinder cameras there. Um, and this actually, this, I've sort of alluded to this um, uh, previously, when I say that some cameras are just great to use and some aren't great to use. And I think it's important for a film camera to be great to use. And I think it's even more important for a rangefinder camera to be great to use, because for me, a rangefinder camera and, and this is where I have a bit of trouble with rangefinder cameras uh, a rangefinder camera has to be great to use because you, you're, you're using what are generally really great lenses. And yeah. you have, n- other than focusing with them and changing the aperture, you don't really know exactly what you're getting, and you certainly yeah. not going to see the character of the of the shot while you're shooting through it in the in the way that you would do if you were using a, a, a adapter to digital or you were shooting on a on an on SLR. And I just find yeah. that really frustrating, really. Especially, so I have you, to, you, you've been using yeah. a forty mil, a forty mil, Nocton one point four, and I'm thinking, what a great lens! And I think, what do you think of it, Carl? And, and actually, you haven't, you haven't got a clue. You don't know.
1: <laughs> well, not until I see the, not till I see yeah. the results when the film's developed. But um, I had a blast yesterday. I shot in the morning for a couple hours, and I shot in the afternoon, and it was just. It was just effortless walking around downtown Buffalo. They've got really nice old architecture from the '50s and '60s, big tall skyscrapers and things. And um, well, not not by today's standards. And um, I shot off a roll of 36 exposures in a short amount of time with doing nothing but walking around at f/8 and um, and just uh, changing the shutter speed once in a while. And and I think they're going to be perfect. But there are a couple of little things on here that are oddities. And you know, one of them is. Having a 40 mil lens on this camera is a little bit weird because there's no way to have a 40 mil millimeter frame line. You, you can get a 35 millimeter frame line. So uh, you're, I was so I was even that yesterday. Well, I was shooting buildings and things downtown Buffalo, having to guess what's going to be in the picture because it's not 35. It's somewhere outside of. It's somewhere inside of the 35, but where is it? I don't know. And um, so I so that was one thing. And the other thing is. Um, it's pretty easy to by mistake if you if you're not, it's just to, to change the frame line dial on the top of the camera because it's not real tight, so you can just mm-hmm. hit it and end up having it all the way over to 25 and 50 and not know that you did it, um, mm-hmm. and and it's and it's it's real easy to to have your finger put that rewind lever up just a tiniest little bit. Um, I mean, it's like there's there's no resistance at all for that little tab to go up, and then um, and if it's up just the smallest amount, as soon as it turns around to a point where it's at the camera body, it sticks, and and you cannot you cannot push it back down, and get it to keep going. It's stuck against the camera body, and um, so you know those little things and the and the LED was my biggest thing, and and I will say even yesterday there were a number of times where I I just couldn't see the. LEDs, and maybe it's my eyes and and the way I look into the camera, but I couldn't see the freaking things. And and I had to come into the car one time because I thought the battery's dead, and 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 look at it and look, and then I found it. And then I don't, I don't know. So I'm not sh- I'm not sure that I would buy it.
2: But so, <laughs> do we want to pile on the besa
1: Yeah, uh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. All right.
2: So I I had the R3M for like a hot minute about, I don't know, a year ago. I bought one. Um, And my whole thinking was, and Simon can maybe attest to this too, as a recent M camera owner, note that I said owner, not shooter. Um, (laughs) It looks so nice. (laughs) (laughs) It just looks so nice though, right? Yeah. So so my thought was, all right, you know what? I'll get a... if I get an M camera, it makes the most sense because then if I buy LTM lenses, I can use them on the camera. If I get M lenses, I can use them on the camera like I'm ever going to be able to afford M lenses. But i just, you know, I'm thinking outside the box here long term. Um, so I got the camera and, you know, several <laughs> – and, and again, I'm speaking as someone who owns the the BESA-L, which is a camera that I dearly love um, – because it's it's such a flexible platform for wide-angle lenses, so I thought, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try out the R3M, which was like, I, it was literally still brand new in the box. They've been out of production for a few years, but there's you know new old stock in boxes out there still. So I had literally a brand new R3M in the box um, for I think it was eight hundred dollars, which is a bit of a stretch. I mean, I was, you know, debating, do I get a R3M or do I get like an 3 or something like that used. And I'm like, well, if I get M3, it's m- almost certainly going to need some service, and now all of a sudden, to $1,200 camera. So I'll get the I'll get the BESA. So I have the BESA. and you know, there are immediately a few things that that bugged me about it. Um, things that I found perfectly acceptable on a $100 BESA L were not acceptable on an $800, you know, BESA R. Um, and some of those things being that you know the lens mount release for the M mount just felt really really like it was it felt like the lenses were just barely locked in because that the the lens mount button is just not very robust and the the mount lock is not very robust so that bothered me immediately the frame line selector switch on the top bothered me because it's you know literally a lever that's completely exposed on the top of the camera i always carry my cameras in a bag I pull them in and out of the bag I'm like I am going to reset I'm going to bump that lever every single time so now I have a brand new camera with a piece of black tape on the frame line selector switch so I don't so I don't accidentally you know change the setting every time I touch the camera which I kind of found annoying um, um, and then you know honestly the, the other two things that really bugged me again because of the cost of the camera where it had the same damn film advance lever and the same damn plastic stupid shutter release button that that Casina puts on every single camera they've ever made for the past 20 years regardless of who they've made it for and it just feels cheap as hell and i was really just kind of i'm like couldn't you guys put a nice rewind lever and a nice shutter button on this camera but no you know they couldn't do that so taken as a whole, I was like, I I can't keep this camera. I'm going to send it back and I'd rather get like a Canon, you know, rather than, rather than do that, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to get, I'm never going to be able to afford M lenses anyway. So I'm going to get a really nice screw mount, you know, camera. So I, you know, I, I got a um, Canon 7S, which I, I didn't really connect with because it's, it's too big. It's a nice camera. It just doesn't feel right to me. But then I finally got a Canon P, which is, you know outstanding it does everything that i wanted the the r3m to do except you know aperture priority and metering of course but i don't really need those things so i ended up with a camera for 160 dollars that's like you know orders of magnitude better built than the bessa um it that canon p is like ridiculously solid um, the frame lines are nice. The frame line selector switch—you're never going to accidentally bump it because there isn't one. There, I, you know it, it. So anyway, I just—I ended up with a camera that's really much better made. It does most of what the camera I wanted does, and that—that that was kind of the solution. Um, but I guess if I had to do it over again, I would probably just get a find a nice as clean as possible M um, two, and probably get that instead of the BESA and just know that I'm going to have to probably spend a little bit to get it serviced because a new BESA, new old stock BESA and a M like a M2 are probably going to cost about the same. So,
1: so it's interesting. Some of the things you said, um, first of all, um, my brother has this camera and and you might remember that his wife bought it for him as a, yeah. a, a surprise gift. Yeah. And I, and I asked you guys, um, he, he wanted an M3 or an M, or, or, or yeah, I think that's what he wanted. Or an M, maybe an M6 even. But um, and then I was talking about a Ultra CLE, and I remember a group of people, maybe including you, saying to get a Voigtlander. Yeah. But okay. So anyway, um, and then the other thing is, um, <laughs> so thank good recommendation. Um, and now um, he has a lot of cameras. He, I mean, he has a Canon P, he has a Canon 4SB, he has. Um, a, a bunch of um, Petries now, including that little half-frame Petri. Mm. He he has a, um, a, a and he, and he shoots almost exclusively. I think it seems the 4SB is mm. the camera that he's mm-hmm. shooting more than any of the other cameras, and and uh, and, a, and a half fr- and a uh, medium format um, Yashica that he has. He's been shooting that too, yeah. but um, I think he said that in, since he got this camera in January. He has shot two or three rolls of film through it. Yeah, I I like. I mean, I I think it's. I think I I like. Yeah, it's a nice
2: camera. It's just it literally. I felt it's like one of those things where, I guess people who buy cars probably feel this way. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. I like cars, whatever. But uh, to me, I was like, all I could think about when I was using the camera is, I'm pissed that it doesn't feel like an $800 camera should that was it that I mean it's a really nice camera it just annoyed me that yeah. it didn't to me feel like an $800 ca- if somebody gave me one I would probably use it every single day
1: but Simon asked about the lens and so yeah. Simon um, I don't know what the photos will look like I get I think they'll be really good the, um, the there was one thing that annoyed me and that was I, all the time I was shooting I was wishing that the lens was a wider angle lens For the kind of photos that I was taking, I would have loved to have had a 21 millimeter or a 28 millimeter lens, not a 40. I felt really constrained. But, you know, I I was down in the city trying to shoot urban scape kind of photos. And so uh, that's the deal with that. Did you,
0: I'm guessing then you you didn't have the time or the opportunity to try it out on, on a
1: digital camera then while you were there? I don't have an adapt. I don't have a. I don't have the my adapt an adapter oh, with me right, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's in the mail. Oh, and hey, so my adapter has arrived at home for the, our seven artisans and the seven artisans one point one, is in New York City now. Oh, excellent. How About that, it's made it here from China. Yeah, and and I was worried when they said October third. So, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's better to buy them from Hamish Gill and get them quicker than buying them from China. I don't know.
0: I was just going to say you, you were in uh well you're in uh, Niagara Falls because of a, a wedding is that right?
1: Yeah so my sister was married and um she didn't get a professional photographer because she knew that there were at least three people there that could shoot images and between the three of us we'd be able to get off of a number that would be okay and um so I, I shot <laughs> 220 photos at the wedding, including group photos and things like that. And I went through, and there there's 50 that turned out really nice. So she has at least 50. I haven't gone through all of them, but there's 50 that are really good. And um, my intention was that I was going to use manual focus lenses. In the last minute, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I I should try an autofocus lens because th- there are going to be people moving around, and I'm going to want to get Canon shots. So I borrowed from my friend, um, who has a Sony Alpha Seven? Oh, he has all, almost every Sony Alpha Seven that was ever made, but he has a he has a 55 millimeter f 1.8 sonar, and um, said, which says ice on one side and Sony on the other. But um, actually, so I ended up using that lens almost exclusively, and I'm really glad that I had it because just you know for for shooting photos where people aren't standing still. I guess for some of the photos where people were standing perfectly still and I was saying no, so everybody smile I could have used an auto a manual focus lens they still don't know if I would have nailed the focus this thing nailed the focus beautifully um, and the only thing that I screwed up was that um, because I don't shoot weddings I didn't think about the um, aperture of the lens. And so during during the ceremony, I shot mostly at f2.8, and those all came out great. But in the evening, there was this beautiful light, and so everyone wanted to go outside again, take a picture of me, to, and uh, take a picture of us together, take a picture of this group. And um, the images were just so striking at f1.8 um, with this blurred-out background and the setting sun kind of illuminating people that I shot a number of photos at f1.8 and um they were just popping right out you know 3d pop in the in the viewfinder and i was showing folks how do you like this and they were saying wow that's amazing you know and they look like that on um on my computer too but at f1 (laughs) at f1.8 um if the people weren't right next to each other one of them is in super super sharp focus and the other one is in focus but not super sharp focus if you zoom in they're they're acceptable but um I'm not a wedding photographer. because If I was, I wouldn't have been shooting <laughs> photos at f <F1>. 1.8. <laughs> you could have, you could have got away with it if the if
0: the man was in focus and the and the woman wasn't because you were saying, well, I was beauty focusing here.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh... So there are there are a few really nice shots that are not so great in here because of that. So yeah, I tried to use the um, Nikon 105 uh, a little bit later in the evening, and it was just taking too long to focus it. And I just put it away and put the autofocus lens back on. So I don't own a single autofocus lens, and but that's all I used when I did this this wedding.
0: Well, Which, I, I did a I did a wedding last last year. Um, I think it was last year. Might have been the year before now. Not too not too sure. And I I did that with um, two systems. I I'm not even sure if I spoke about this on the podcast or not. But I did it with two systems. Uh, one with an Olympus M1 and a 12 to 40. Uh, zoom uh yeah. a, a, a nice one so that in full yeah. frame terms that's a um 24 to 80 uh yeah. zoom and yeah. uh and then for all the out outdoor shots i used uh my samyang uh 135 f2 and it was it was a case of there were some shots that just suited the longer focal length. And that was one reason why I was doing it. But I found myself um, taking the vast majority of the shots with that, uh, with that Samyang, um, including some of the, some candid shots as well. And it's interesting how you, you struggled a little bit with that, um, with, with the Nikkor, the 105 2.5, um, which, and yeah, <laughs> I th- I think the reason why I had more success with with, with the Samyang was because it's an extremely sharp lens, um, you know, f two, it's razor sharp, and it's actually very very easy to actually um, get things into focus because you know it's in focus. There's no doubt about it. It's either in focus or it's not in focus. But, I know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. And I, and I think that you you wouldn't get that snap into focus with that uh, with that Nikkor.
1: No, it doesn't have that characteristic at all. And um, I had the 85 millimeter on, which is the same as the Samyang, and it was like that too, at f 1.4 or f 2. You you could just pop it right into focus really quick. But not no, not with not with the the 105 Nikkor is a fantastic lens, but it it does not have that attribute. Hmm.
0: Hmm. I mean, another um, another lens I picked up relatively recently is the. Canon FD uh, one three five f2 uh, which I've been talking about a little bit this week with uh, with with Jimmy D in the uh, photography photography with classic Facebook uh, classic Facebook photography with uh, classic lenses Facebook page and um, and I've, I've I popped a picture of my dad up on uh, on on Sunday um, and it's 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 really interesting to actually compare that uh, that Canon FD lens to to the Samyang. Um, the 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 Canon lens actually has fungus in it, and my um, repair guy couldn't actually open the lens. Um, it was uh, it's it's had a it's had a tough life, and it, somewhere inside it seized. Now well, I'm sure somebody somewhere could get it open, but to be honest, I don't really care anymore because the fungus has ran round the edges, and uh, and it sort of. The fact that it is fungus effect, it sort of helps me to decide. Well, I can keep this, but it's not actually worth that much, is it? If it's got fungus in it. So, uh, yeah. but whereas if I think if it was pristine, it would probably force me to choose between the samyang and the and the cannabis. I couldn't justify having having both of them. Um, but the 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 just. It's a, it's a it's a much nicer lens to physically use. It's all metal construction, whereas the Samyang is largely plastic construction, um, and you know, and things like the the feel of the focus ring. I'm not really that much of a fan of Canon FD lenses, but compared to the the Samyang, it's it's still got that proper mechanical feel to it. Um, but the the lens itself is despite. You know, a bit of fungus around the edges and despite the fact that the lens it's probably a good 30 years old or something like that it's still a really sharp lens wide open and uh it just gives a, a really really good look and and it's different it gives a different look to the Samyang the Samyang is clearly uh, a modern lens with a with a modern look whereas the uh, the the Canon is a sharp lens that just has that it, you probably it probably doesn't have quite the same pop to it, but it just has something else about it—the way that the 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 uh, the background renders. So um, it's it's one of those things. I'm I feel very pleased that I've got the option to use both. Really, yep, good, great. So, um, one more thing uh, from you, Carl, in particular that we we talked about before, um, and actually, this this goes back to what's been happening this week. You've you've actually taken a a bit of um, um flack or a little bit of stick about uh, your your or your opinions
1: on a another lens that, uh, <laughs> that 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 landed so this is like pick a, pick on Carl episode yeah. <laughs> okay so so yeah um i've I've had recently a a couple of relatively expensive fast lenses and um they've had balsam separation and um you you can't see it. By inspecting the lens with a LED light, I can't. Johnny says that he knows how to do it, and and that's that's good. I, I don't know how to do it. Not with a magnifying glass, not with an LED a bright LED flashlight, not holding at any angle that I've that I've used. But I, I can. The only way that I can see it is I just put the lens on the camera and take a photo and look at the bokeh balls. And um, well, I mean, I don't shoot every picture with a 1.2 or 1.4 lens to get bokeh balls in it, but I do sometimes. And, um, and, and and I want them to look like nice round or oval balls. I don't want them to have squiggly worms around the edge or a line across (laughs) the line across the middle or something. I'm losing it over here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Screw it up. I don't always shoot, shoot Bokeh ball, but what I do. No, no, but I don't, I don't. Those (laughs) pictures they shot down at that farmer's market with the 1.2, um, they didn't have any Bokeh balls in them. Um, they just had people in the background blurred out and they were nice. But, um, I did that, but, um, yeah. So, well, you know, the one lens is terrible, right? I shot the, the photo at Christmas time with the um, Christmas tree in the background and every bokeh ball has this dark worm crawling around the edge inside of it. And I have that, I have that lens still. And I need, I need to get, it's on auction and, and, and it looks like it's going to sell in, in 12 hours for a ridiculously low price under probably less than $200. But, um, with the people knowing what they're buying, but, um, the, I, I had i had that um nikor s 55 1.2 and i loved it, and it was, the, the look of the lens was fantastic um until i took a shot that had a bokeh ball and i thought what the hell is this there's a there's a jagged line across the middle of the bokeh ball so I, so i so um I took it, and got into, and and took the brighter the bokeh ball is, the more you can see it. If it's a really soft, diffused ball, you can hardly see it. But if it's a bright one, like if there's a string of lights hanging behind people that you're photographing, forget it. It looks like crap. And um, that's why I bought the lens, to be able to do that sometimes. So, so, yeah, I returned that lens. And some people said, I wouldn't have returned that lens. Look at the good pictures you got with it. Yeah, but I, why would I want a lens that costs that much money, and, and I'm limited, and I can only use it? for certain kind of photos and then if i want to shoot a photo like that i have to take a different lens out i mean that would annoy the hell out of me and so it's gone back and i have another one that i've that i found um that's coming in the meantime between between that i decided screw all these old lenses with the balsam separation issues i'm just going to buy that seven artisans 1.1 lens and that's all i need but then i saw another one of these Nikors and thought Man, those pictures look really cool. I don't have any lens that makes bokeh like that. I mean, there's a woman in the background, and it literally looks like she's entirely made up of little swirls and circles. And um, and, and she it, doesn't have worms. And she doesn't have worms. <laughs> and it's a nice, soft look to it. And, you know, looking on eBay on, on that 55 1.2 Nikkor, it's interesting. There's some that look like they have no um, coating on them at all, and they're, they're the old ones. And there's some that have an amber Almost red looking coating on them and I and it's hard to find one that, that that's that's kind of almost clear looking and I did I found one from a guy um, here in the US and um, it's on the, no it's in the mailbox it's at the mail now and the price was okay so hoping that one's gonna be okay and if the lens is just like fantastic for shooting those you know downtown street fair kind of things, and there's some little thing, in the bokeh balls will. I'll decide. I'll see what I'm, I'll see what I want to do about it. But I, I, if I, my my thought is, if if you know, and you know, if you, if you don't care, don't do it. But if I if I was, if when I buy past lenses, or I know that sometimes I want bokeh balls in the photos, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a test every damn time I get the lens, <laughs> and that is, I'm gonna take a, a an out of focus photo of um, what well, this works great. Our, our coffee pot has an LED clock on it and i can just get up and take an out of focus shot and i can see right away whether it's a screwed up image or not and um if it is i don't want it the lens is going to go back so pixel peeping so, i don't know being too selective i don't know but that's that's what i'm going to well, do well, that's my Nikor so, my did. my nycore one ais nycore that i've been using this week is my nice standard and it's it's perfect so
2: so, so you, you, what you're saying is, when you get a, a big aperture lens like that, you should always inspect your balls for worms.
1: <laughs> <That's>,
2: <laughs> right, right, Carl.
1: That's exactly right.
2: All right, there you okay. have it.
1: And ticks and other things like that too. While you're at it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, um, <laughs> I, I know, Carl. You uh,
1: you you need to be going soon,
0: and I think that's. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think on that that again that uh, that worm bombshell is probably a, a, a good time to actually end the podcast, which is also going to be our first hour-long or there are thereabouts podcast that we've uh, managed to do for quite a long time, because that was actually the stated aim of how long our podcast was going to be, but they seem to go on forever. So no one uh, swore either. There was no swearing. No swearing. Yeah, no, no.
1: What? What the? <laughs>
2: Nice, nicely done, Carl. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could talk for another 45 minutes. Like, yeah, you know, we can carry on like now. 70, now. it, it would do like Sunny or something. Could go for two hours. They always go for two hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well this, this is this bastard camera. We'll
0: tell. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, do you want to um, tell us uh, how we can uh, keep up with yeah. your social media, and uh, then if you have to run away, you can you can you can run okay. away there?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So on on the Facebook page, photography with classic lenses, on um, Flickr, and on Instagram, it's just my name, and I, th- I don't I don't know if it matters how you type it. Um, it's spelled it's my regular you know Carl with a K, H with Havens for Flickr, and then on Instagram, it's um, it's all under under. Um, lowercase and there's an underscore in between the two and how about you johnny oh you can find me
2: uh uh, trolling the photography with classic lenses facebook page making comments about sony cameras um (laughs) 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 you can you can find me on instagram uh at, at sisson photography and you can find me uh every day but monday when i'm here doing the podcast you can you can find me other other days at work at central camera company in chicago well that's that's a point next monday we're going to be recording the podcast and after
0: we've done the podcast um you're going to be doing something later on in that on that day as well
2: aren't you i am and i i don't think i've made enough Uh, disparaging comments about sunny 16 in this episode i'm just trying to give them more ammunition because i they have ill-advisedly asked me to come on their podcast and i i think it's i have a couple theories i think it's just all a big setup because they're they're still angry with me about my comments about the fujica m42 camera i also think aren't all you folks in the uk just like on holiday right now so pretty, they pretty much so, so Yeah, so, so, yeah, so basically somebody who can do the least amount of damage, maybe, or anyone, you know, there's no one available. So let's get the American guy with the, the loud mouth. Um, but they have, it's, I, I ill advisedly asked me on to, um, to, to, to judge some landscape photos. And I'm not sure who put them up to that, but, um, I'm really looking forward to doing it. Um, and, you know, I have my own, um, Odd uh, likes and dislikes about landscape photos, so I'm I'm really looking forward to to being on with the Sunny 16 folks uh, next Monday. So I'll be doing this podcast and then that podcast following. I'm think, thinking about it. Uh, although
0: you're going to be doing it on the Monday, the the show doesn't come out yeah until right. the, the following Thursday. So it's it's actually a week a week on Thursday um, right. that uh, you'll be you'll you'll be actually. Will be able to choose. Yes, and we actually, to it. right. Yeah, so give it another. You can give it another plug next. Another week, then, another week or so. Yeah. 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 yeah that's uh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, and uh, finally, uh, myself. Um, you can find me on Instagram as and uh, plenty of other places actually, but uh, Instagram as Simon Forster photographic. I'm on Flickr as Simon Forster. Um, I have an eBay shop uh, which you can search for me either by It's Fuzzy," which is something I used to use a long time ago and I don't seem to be able to get rid of it on there uh, on eBay. Alternatively uh, you can also find me on there as Simon Forster Photographic. Um, you can google me and you can find all the places I'm at and I'm also on there with um, my own website as well which is www.simonforsterphotographic.co.uk. Um, I hope uh, you've enjoyed uh, listening to this week's show and it'd be great if you can join us again next week goodbye well there we go it well, that wasn't too bad was it
2: s f o z z y right that's it that's it's i'm just looking to see if you ever registered that url and you haven't so i am going right now to register it's com, and i'm gonna i'm gonna have a um a clone simon Forrester website up <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the day so everyone who's going to try to uh buy lenses from simon will buy them from my alternative simon it's the alternative simon facts oh website dear. i'm looking that up myself <laughs> is carl gone yeah yeah carl went oh he's anything we want to... so can we just call this episode carl sucks <laughs> And then <laughs> so it'll say on the cover there it's the episode 30 Carl sucks range finders wedding photography lens worms bokeh balls wow this is a Carl episode of shame oh it says yeah <laughs> that shot <right, right? laughs> um